episode of Rewilding for Women. Today's episode is twofold. So we dive into two topics. One is a question that was asked in our Facebook group, and it was a brilliant question, and it was, how do I know which goddess to be working with? So I dive into that and probably give six or seven ways to know which goddess or which Shakti or which archetypal energy is calling to you. And then we talk about leaning into the divine masculine. So it's interesting that we've combined these two topics, but I think it's beautiful in that it kind of brings that divine union out. So I talk a lot about practices actually on how to open up to divine masculine energy, practices to lean into the divine masculine. There's big openings, big healings, um, big shifts. Sometimes I don't like using the word healings, um, big shifts, big transformations that can happen when working with the divine masculine energies. And then when combining the two, it's a whole different world. So I love this episode in that it combines those two energies. So I hope you enjoy the episode. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, please do so. We share lots and lots and lots of subscriber-only stuff to our newsletter list. Different articles that the rewilding women have written different videos, different workshops that are all free that I only do for our subscribers. So if you haven't done that, make sure you go over to rewildingforwomen.com and just subscribe on the homepage there. And if you're not a member of the Facebook group, um, feel free to come and join us. That's where most of these podcasts actually take place as a live stream video. So if you want to come and sit in sacred circle, with us, please feel free to do so. Just do a little search. Actually, no, if you go to our website now, on the homepage, you'll see free FB group. Just click on that and that'll take you right to the group and you can request to join us. All right, I hope I see you somewhere down the track, either in a workshop, in a retreat, online somewhere. Um, yeah, uh, it, would, it would just be wonderful to connect with you. Okay, enjoy this episode. The two topics that I wanna talk about today like I shared before, is one, this leaning into the divine masculine, how that looks, what are different practices around that, and then the other question, which I absolutely love, and that is, how do I know which goddess I should be working with? And I, I probably should take the word should out of there, because I think we hear should, and then that sort of sets some people off, going like, eh, I, I don't, there are no shoulds, everyone should remove, so we'll just take that out of there, and it's, how do I know which goddess to work with? Who's singing to me? How do I know which archetypal energies I should go into, right? There's 36 archetypal energies that we work with in rewilding. Those are just our primary ones. There are more that we work with, but there's 36 primary archetypal energies that we work with. So how do you know? And just, and outside of rewilding as well, there's a whole lot of goddess energies. Now, the good news is that a lot of them duplicate themselves. So that kind of sets us at ease a little bit to go, okay, um, it's not that I have to know every goddess in the Hindu pantheon. It's not that I have to know every goddess in the Indian pantheon, every goddess in the, sorry, I think I just said the same pantheon, every goddess in the Greco-Roman pantheon, that's what I meant to say. It's that a lot of them are very similar shaktis, very similar archetypal energies, right? Very similar myths. 
So even in Native American traditions, um, some of the archetypal energies, they'll cross over. They'll, they'll very much cross over. So hopefully that kind of sets your mind at ease a little bit so you don't go into overwhelm of, oh my gosh, I have to go into all of these archetypal energies. You, you don't. You don't. Um, but how to know who's singing, who's calling, which goddess is calling. There's a few things that I should preface at the start of this, and one is there are certain goddess archetypes that are almost our like signature archetypal energies. So they, they are really strong in our personalities. They're very strong throughout our whole lives. Mm. If you look astrologically at your birth chart, if you've got a goddess, an asteroid, let's say you have Kali conjunct your sun. So let's say the Kali asteroid and your sun were at the exact same position in your birth chart, in the sky, AKA, when you were born, Kali's gonna probably play a really strong part in your personality because she's conjunct your sun, right? Which is the primary energetics of you in your outer world. Of course, we're made up of all of it. Um, so that's one way. So did you see I just uncovered one way of finding out which archetypes to work with? You can go based on astrology, based on, on so the goddess energies are associated with, with asteroids. And you can look at your, your birth chart to see what asteroids are in which position. So there are some, so like my chart, for instance, uh, I have, um, I'm trying to think of who's not so strong in my chart. So Juno, <laughs> this is funny, goddess of marriage, right? Juno is not in a very strong place in my chart. When I work with Juno, I, I can absolutely embody, invoke, embrace, dance in Juno's energy. When I first started doing goddess work, she was important. There was de-rubbling to be done there, but she's not a primary archetypal energy for me, if that makes any sense. I hope that this is making sense. I, I kind of got to lay this foundation of how these archetypal energies work in us. Why is somebody mowing the lawn while we're doing a video? How does that happen? How does that happen? They never mow the lawn over there. Okay. Anyways, so that's one thing that I want to say is really that first point about the archetypal energies. We've got a couple that are our signatures, and they are strong, and they will be strong throughout our life. Now, that being said, it also shifts throughout our life, right? So certain goddesses will be very strong for us during certain periods of our lives. So let's say, for instance, um, there's... Uh, mm, let's say you're going through a lot of inner child stuff or some really big, um, challenging, almost traumatic events are happening for you. Oftentimes, Mother Mary, the energy of Mother Mary will show up. Mother Mary as the goddess. Uh, you can also feel into Ceres as similar to Mother Mary, but it's that like big mama, earth, goddess holding, but it's that mother energy, right? That big nurturing, that big loving, that big supportive energy. 
will show up for you. So it shifts and changes during different points. <laughs> Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, okay, so when, um, sorry, I'm just thinking for a second. Uh, so I'm also thinking about the current astrology as well. So this eclipse, we talk about an eclipse as being this big doorways are really open or the astrology for certain things is really open. So during an eclipse, like right now, Persephone collectively is really, really strong, really open. So she's definitely a great place for all of us to work simply because she's kind of banging down the door at this point. Like, hello, I'm here, let's chat, right? So that's another sort of thing. So we've kind of chatted about three ways to know which goddesses are calling to you. One was looking at your birth chart. You can do some Google searches to get your birth chart done. You can find astrologers who do readings with goddesses. Um, that's one way is to, if you do a rewilding workshop, we actually print you a birth chart. So every time you do a rewilding workshop with us, you will get a birth chart with all of those asteroids on it, and you will see who's conjunct your sun, maybe who's conjunct your north node, which is your soul's purpose, or there are certain, like if goddesses are in your house of career, you'll know that those ladies, that archetypal energy is wanting to come through to support you in your career. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. It's really witchy, but it's really true. <laughs> it's, it's just... Um, it's a, it's, it's like an inside way of, of, um, of discovering more parts of self. And you can look at a chart and you can go, yes, this is how this shows up in my life. So it's, it's to go in it from that, from that angle. Okay, so, um, so we've talked about the astrology as one way of doing it. We've talked about what's happening collectively. So what's happening like with this eclipse energy, what's happening there. And then we've chatted about how it changes throughout our lives. Something else that I want to share with you around how to know which goddesses to work with or which goddess to work with is this one I'm this one you might not like. <laughs> but sometimes it's the ones that scare the shit out of you the most is who you actually need to work with the most. So sometimes it's the ones that we avoid the most is who we actually really need to work with. Sometimes it's the ones that all of our defenses get thrown up over is who we actually need to go and work with. You could come to a rewilding workshop and let's say, let's say it's one of these two day workshops that we're doing. Let's say it's Colorado or the one in Katoomba. They're both two days. We're gonna probably work with six different archetypal energies in there. So we'll invoke probably six, five or six different goddess energies. Now, that's a great way to feel five or six different goddess energies and you will know exactly who you're meant to work with. But it doesn't always turn up as like this light and friendly and like luscious, yummy, yay, um, this is so fun. <laughs> sometimes it does, but sometimes it turns up as this woman comes in and she just wants to tear you apart. <laughs> A dark goddess comes in and she wants to absolutely rip you apart. She's ripping you apart out of love. It's 
absolutely out of love and for your highest good, but it doesn't always feel good, right? So what she's doing is she's opening up that doorway to your repressed potency. She's opening up the doorway to the rubble that's sitting in there, that's clogging things, that's blocking things, that's leaving part of that Shakti or part of the, the life force energy kinked and, and, and stuck, right? And she just wants to clean out that line. Sometimes cleaning out that line doesn't feel good. So I don't want to say that it feels good. You'll feel this like, oh, yeah, why don't you come and dance here in like ecstasy and this is so yummy. It doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes it does. So sometimes it's very much that. Sometimes you might be going through or about to enter into a sexual awakening and Hygieia or Lalita and they're just like, hello sister, it is your time to absolutely open to your full sexual essence. It's absolutely time to awaken, <laughs> to enliven, and to orgasmically ecstatically dance in this love bliss joy and I actually want to connect your sexuality with with divine spirituality so sometimes it feels like that so it's this so really it's this broad broad spectrum uh, when a woman comes and works with me one-on-one -on -one and we always trust body wisdom right so if we're working in the medicine wheel and we're opening up to those 36 different archetypal energies that we could possibly work with, we trust body wisdom. And the question that I say to women is, and of course we go through this whole energetic thing to get to this place where we're past the mind and we're, we're down into the body wisdom and we're following that, but the questioning that's around that to get us to that space is, what are you feeling? What's arising for you here? And then when we go to choose who we're going to work with, it's what's loudest for you. Not good or bad, not positive or negative, because that does not exist in this realm. It's what's loudest. Does that make sense? What's, what's loudest? What's creating the strongest reaction in you? And that reaction can be anything. It can be an emotion. It can be vivid visions. It can be past life memories. It can be uh, very physical. The body starts, starts doing what it needs to do, right? But it's, it's what is creating the strongest reaction to you. So that's my best advice that I can give you is if you can get into a place where you can experience a variety of shaktis, a variety of goddesses, and get into a space where there's juice behind it. Get into a space where, like for instance, um, Sally Kempton's Awakening Shakti book is great because there's juice behind it. Because she writes from a perspective of invoking the actual energy of those goddesses. That's magic, right? That's transmission. So when you're reading through that book, there's a transmission coming. There's an, she's opening the door. And when you have a facilitator or a teacher who can open the door, you can feel that much. It's an invitation for you to feel, where's my strongest reaction? Good or bad, where's my strongest reaction? Right? So workshops where you can walk into a variety 
of archetypal energies is beautiful to be able to experientially go into them. That's the best. That's by far the best. So when you're just sitting here stuck reading a book, right, mind can be still off wandering and you may never drop into that energy that's being transmitted there. But if you're actually in physical space, like you're sitting in big mama energetic space, right, a circle, even this stuff. So even in our rewilding, these things, I know some of you have had very strong reactions to some of the archetypal energies that we invoke. I know some of you had very strong reactions to Persephone last week when we chatted about her or Mary Magdalene when we talked about her over Easter, right? So pay attention to those. Pay attention to those strong reactions. What's going on for you? It's feeling. It's trusting. And the more you feel, the more you trust, the stronger you develop that, that relationship to your inner knowing, to that deep wisdom, that body wisdom, that I know what I know. I don't know how I know it, but I know it, right? That's, that's the big wisdom. That's not this crazy brain, monkey brain. That's deep wisdom. Um, yeah, Esther, reading Sally Kempton. Love it. Absolutely. Um, Hannah, see you later, gorgeous. Love you, woman. Okay, so um, I think that's enough on how to know which, how to know which goddess to work with. It's trusting. It's trusting. It's giving them the doorway. Giving time. So we can say devoting time for practice every day, but just giving space and giving time. So I think sometimes we hear the word meditation and we hear the word practice and it just gets this like clunky, really like work hard. You, you might, simply for me sometimes, it's I just go into the woods. It's, it's a little bit different now um, because I've worked in all of these different energetics. So I can just open, open space to them and say, uh, you know, like say, who's loud today? Who, who wants to chat? What, what energy is turning up for me today? And it might be Venus, and I, I might dance my way through the woods extremely erotically in love, just dancing blissfully, and that's what my body needed. That's what my energetics needed. That was the most supportive thing, the most opening thing that I could do in that day. The next day, I might go out in the woods, and same thing. Okay, uh, I'm given some space, and I'm given some time, What's going on? And it might be Hecate. And she might want to drag me into the underworld and say, hey, listen here, sister. We've got some big medicine woman shit to do. You are not seeing something. Here's some more of your medicine that I need you to see. Or she might smash me over something, some sort of witch wound. Or she might bring up like, hey, Hey, Sabrina, here's something you haven't looked at yet. Remember that time when you got burnt on the stake for being a witch? Yeah, you still got a little bit of fear around that. You're still a little bit afraid to come out of the closet fully and talk about everything that you know. Um, so it could be that, right? But it will, it will change. But once, you have, <laughs> once you've been initiated into the different goddess energies, then your practice becomes just that. Right? You've got that energetic, the door's been opened to all of them. But oftentimes, the door can open in a million different ways. The door can open by reading a book. But a lot of times, there's an initiation that happens. And once you're initiated into it, once you're opened up to it, it's there. It's there. But it oftentimes helps to have somebody who's already been open to the energy open the door. 
right? And this is partially why women's work is so incredibly powerful and works so incredibly quickly and potently for us, right? You walk into a room and if you walk into a rewilding workshop where there are 10 women who have all been working very strongly with Hecate and you come into that circle and we then energetically open the door to Hecate, I promise you, you will be going into Hecate and you do not have to work at all to get into Hecate because that door is open. Once one woman opens the door and goes through the door, it makes it that much, the door's open, right? Does this, does this make sense? Who here knows exactly what I'm talking about? I wanna see hearts, I wanna see likes if you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, right? Like we, we, we know, we know this. We know, this is the magic of women's work. This is the magic of circle. This is why we have women's circle. This is it. This is the one of the biggest empowering aspects of women's circle is, is this magical ability that we've got. Um, okay, so I hope that answers the question about um, how do we know which goddess to work with. It's kind of getting initiated into all of them, getting into a space where you can feel a lot of them getting an astrology chart reading done maybe, but even if you do get an astrology chart reading done, that's just gonna tell you things like, hey, uh, your Persephone's conjunct your son, she's gonna be pretty strong in your life, but you're still kind of going like, who the hell is Persephone? And you might read some Google shit about her and the Google stuff is probably wrong because God knows what people write on Wikipedia, Wikipedia is like the worst, the worst thing on the planet. I think everything's wrong on Wikipedia nowadays. So, um, <laughs> and also the stories and the myths unless they carry that juice like I was talking about, about Sally Kempton, you want the, sh it's the Shakti. It's the Shakti. Go for the things that you can feel, that open you, sometimes that scare the shit out of you. That's where the big potency, the big juices, the big magic is. That's where you will find out exactly which goddess is calling to you in this moment, right? She might even show up in a dream. She might, it's, it's about starting to trust your intuition and, and starting to feel, right, feeling trusting is there a vision that you've got is there a feeling that you've got are, are you wanting to just go and lay on the earth you don't need to have an image of a goddess in your head you don't need to have a name of a goddess in your head it could literally be you are just called to go and lie face down in the dirt and in the earth and you feel the most profound deep feminine wisdom coming through the earth and you don't have a name for her you have no idea who she and that doesn't make good. That's the purity of it. That's the purity of the energy. That's the essence of the energy. So this is part of trusting, starting to trust our feelings, starting to trust what we know and that wisdom within just opens. It's all there. It's, it's, the, it's the remembering of it. And, and that like reclaim, it's the reclaiming of it. It's we're not going into anything new. It's we've got it all. We have it all within us. It's all there. You've got it all. You've got them all. They're all there. They're all there, I promise you. Some are just a whole lot louder than others, and some want to come through at certain times, um, stronger than others. Uh, okay, so I think that's enough. Um, uh, yeah, I was introduced in a lucid dream. Uh, sir, thank you. Um, if anybody else has examples that they want to share, um, I think that's beautiful, things that maybe I haven't chatted about because you all have beautiful experiences and we can all learn from each other. So if there are things that you have to share in addition to what I've just spoken about, please, oh my gosh, um, that's so welcome in Circle. 
Okay, so I want to shift gears and just chat about leaning into the divine masculine. I'm not going to talk a lot about this. Yeah, I'm not going to talk a lot about it. One, because we don't have time. Two, because... Um, <laughs> oh, because so much comes up when we start to lean into divine masculine. And it's like opening up Pandora's box, especially if it's you just starting out to lean into the divine masculine, right? Because we have, it's like going into the dark goddess. It's like our journey where we just first start to go into the dark goddess and, and we start to realize, wow, um, there's, this is Pandora's box. So when we start to lean into the divine masculine, a whole plethora of things can open up for us. I don't want to open us up to that on a video right now, unless I've got you in like supported big space um, where I can take you into that, right? So if you're in a workshop with me, heck yes, sister, I'm opening that door for you and I am, I am more than prepared for Pandora's box to be open. I am more than prepared. Um, but I've got a different container than I have here. I hope that makes sense to you. Um, I'll explain more about why. So once we start to open up to divine masculine and the different masculine archetypes, right? It's like opening up to divine feminine. There are certain archetypal energies that are beautiful. They're, they don't bring up the rubble. They don't bring up the rage and the anger, which we've talked about heaps in past episodes. Um, <laughs> every single woman on this planet has got some stuff around the patriarchy. Unless you've worked through your stuff, or your mother and your grandmother has worked through, through this stuff, we've got some shit around the patriarchy. We've got some stuff around the masculine that is not pretty. That is not just love and light and absolute trust and I can totally surrender to you. Part of this eclipse is bringing that stuff up. It's bringing up some of the wounding. So some of the deepest, most hidden wounding around distrust of masculine, fear of masculine, hatred of masculine um, is there. We've got Saturn conjunct black moon, which is just getting smashed by this eclipse, right? Uh, that's like Kali wanting to take off every distorted, disgusting man's head in our society, right? So it's like Kali with her sword. Kali's got the, the six arms. She's, got, she's holding a man's head in one one arm, she's got a sword in the other. She's coming from love, but she's basically going after every single distorted, disgusting, nasty masculine energy that's on our planet today, right? Like, I think partially why all of this talk about Trump is happening is this, can, is this component of it, right? Is just being hammered, like, <laughs> hello, anything that is not divine masculine, Kali is wanting to take a freaking sword to it. Okay, so, <laughs> that's, that's happening, but when I start to talk about opening up and leaning into the masculine, <laughs> regardless of how, um, how pure and how high and how glorious these energies are, there is the potential to open up that Pandora's box to a whole lot of patriarchal disgust, rage, fear, grief. It's, it's, it's all of it. Um, this is why I don't open us up to a lot of practices. I know so many times, 
I get questions of, can you give us more practices on this? Can you give us more practice? I can only give us practices at a certain level, simply because <laughs> I don't have you in workshop space, right? I don't have you in a, in a retreat type space. I don't, I don't have us in, um, in this, the container that we have is this beautiful sacred circle and it is gorgeous. But I know that I need to be able to support somebody if we're gonna open up this massive, massive door um, to allow for the divine union. That being said, there are archetypal energies in the divine masculine that are a part of this eclipse that don't always stir up, stir the, the pot, right? And bring up all, trudge up all of the rubble around the masculine. That's, that's all it is, right? Again, we're just de-rubbling, but we're bringing up the rubble around the masculine. And so these two energies astrologically are, one is the Jupiter energy, which is this grace bomb. Jupiter is glorious, ladies. Jupiter and just start to feel. So I will kind of energetically expand some Jupiter energy. Um, so feel. So if you want to know what is a good practice for falling into the divine masculine, this is one, or leaning into the divine masculine, this is one. So Jupiter is this extraordinarily grace-filled, expansive masculine energy. It's, it is like, like pure sunshine. And it is this want, it, do you see my, my hand? So if you can start to move, and if you just start to do this practice, this is Jupiter, right? So just this alone starts to bring us into this expanded Jupiter grace bomb, right? It's pure grace bomb. It's pure positivity. It's pure sunshine. It's pure opening. It's pure expansive. And, and it's and it's go it's gorgeous Jupiter energy and wants to hold the feminine wants the feminine to expand like yes dance more open more yes I can hold your rage yes I can hold your happiness I can hold all of your feminine I can hold every weather pattern that you're wanting to dance in, and I love them all the same, right? I love them. That's Jupiter. This is Jupiter energy. So great practices to just do this. Feel, just watch that part of the video again and again and again if you want. And just start to, you can literally lean into that. So when things start to get wild and your man is standing across from you and he's not being Jupiter or Shiva, right? He's often like, doing uh, either the runner, right, which is not divine masculine, when they just like take off for the hills, <laughs> that's not the divine masculine. Um, so if he's doing the runner or he's kind of ignoring things or he's uh, having a backlash, right, start to feel into you, or even if your just world is starting to feel really chaotic or you're getting really snarky or some of that. Persephone stuff is coming up, some of that inner child adolescent, right? And you just start to get like really blah, and there's just stuff flying all over, which is what's happening in this eclipse. I'm, wa I'm watching it in lots, lots of lives around me. Um, just lean into it and know 
that there is this divine masculine energy that is expansive, that loves every aspect of you, and that can hold every aspect of you. That's, that's that. And so Jupiter being conjunct Shiva, Shiva brings in the pure spirituality of the divine masculine. So Shiva to me is just this like glorious um, still, stillness. Shiva oftentimes just shows up as absolute stillness. So you could do practices that are stillness practices to support crazy wildness that's going on. Um, so stillness practices are beautiful. Or to, remember we just did left and right side of the body. So you can do to invoke Shiva on the right hand side of the body and then to invoke Parvati on the left side of the body is always a great practice. Or another goddess on the left, I like doing um, Parvati and holding the masculine and the feminine energies. Um, Parvati is whole unto herself. So Parvati is a goddess who you can work with to um, invoke both masculine and feminine energies in the body. It's a beautiful practice. There's a practice in Sally Kempton's book um, in the chapter Parvati um, around that. So bringing up the masculine and the feminine you really only have to invoke Parvati to bring both of them in, um, but that's a beautiful practice. Another resource that I can share with you is Sally Kempton's, um, it's an audio meditation course. Oh, what is it called? I bought it on iTunes. Does anybody know um, the Sally Kempton I would look, but it's on my phone, and I'm doing the live stream through my phone, so I can't look for you. Um, it's Sally Kempton's Doorways to the Infinite. I knew I would get it. Um, Doorways to the Infinite. That has a lot of Shiva practices. So for those of you who want more masculine practices, there's a lot of Shiva practices that are in Doorways to the Infinite, Sally Kempton. Um, I think that's it, ladies. Uh, just trying to feel if there's anything else to chat about. Yeah, uh, that feels good. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. We will be working with both in these upcoming workshops. Um, so both the Colorado workshop and the Australia workshop, we're going to work with three faces of the feminine, and we're going to bring in the masculine, um, not just the Jupiter Shiva aspect, but we're, we're going to open up Pandora's box. We're just to see what's there. Um, and just to see what we can open to, what we can feel into, and then we're gonna work through that divine union within, in both of the workshops. And they were just posted, so if you haven't looked at the event page for a while, you can just go to rewildingforwomen.com, click on events, and then just under there, those two new workshops are posted. They're small workshops, 20 women only in the Colorado workshop, and I think 24 is max for the Katoomba workshop. So small, intimate, yummy, two-day deep dive circles. Um, Sarah, thank you. Um, so many aha moments. Beautiful, oh, I like hearing that, good. Um, good, good, good. Sometimes, you know, you always wonder like, are my words translating the actual energetics <laughs> that I'm trying to get through? <laughs> um, you had mentioned a book earlier, Sabrina, what was it? Dawn, the book was Sally Kempton's Awakening Shakti. And that'll take you through, I think, eight or nine different 
goddess energies with a lot of practices and there's a lot of shakti so there's a lot of juice in them um, and I think the biggest thing that I can probably uh, leave you with <sighs> Kelly yes make it to a retreat <laughs> then we can dance at 2.30 in the morning around the fire <laughs> um, that was a reference I made earlier in the live stream in case you weren't here about you don't want to rewild at 2.30 in the morning unless you're on retreat <laughs> then it's okay not today during a live stream when you have to go to work tomorrow. Oh, Belinda, beautiful. Thank you, gorgeous woman, for posting that. Um, I do want to give a big shout out to Belinda really quickly. Belinda uh, does so, 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 so much beautiful work to support our circle and to keep um, the Facebook group this beautiful, safe, sacred space. Also, again, want to give a big shout out to Lori for all of her help. And Barbara, I think I saw you, woman, just commented before. Um, a big shout out to Barbara. Both Lori and Barbara are helping to coordinate the Colorado um, workshop. So huge, huge love to those women. And I just can't wait to be there. And with any of you who are going to join us in that workshop. Okay, ladies, um, I love you so, 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 so much. Um, we'll do some stuff next week. And I know that there's been a lot of questions about the inner circle. It's coming. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we have to do on the back end for the inner circle to get launched. So we will be doing that soon. Big hug, Barbara. There's Barbara. That's Barbara who's going to be helping us um, do the Colorado retreat. Oh, I love you, ladies. Okay. Mm -hmm.